welcome to another episode of Sassy Talks. I'm Savannah, your host, and on today's programme we have Janie Goddard. Janie is a world-leading complementary medicine expert, and she's also the founder of the Complementary Medical Association. She's written a book called Rewind Your Body Clock, and on today's programme she's going to be giving us the secrets and tips on how we can reverse our body clock and explain to us the difference between the chronological age and our biological age hopefully give us some tips on how we can start to look. So Janie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you so much for having me back. It's lovely to be here again and, and to see you. It's uh, very exciting stuff. It's very exciting stuff. And if anybody would know what we can do, it's you, because with the uh, background that you have in complementary medicine, the founder of the Complementary Medical Association, and the book that you've rewritten, Rewind Your Body Club, you are the one who's going to help us today <laughs> to get over that line and reverse that clock. So why don't we start with the idea of, of the biological aging process? What, what is the difference between that and, and the other way of aging, whatever way that is? Can you tell us? It's a great question. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. So um, chronological aging is simply the number of years old we are, the number of times we've been around the sun or the number of birthdays we've had. Um, it really doesn't mean anything at all from a health perspective. The only thing it really means is the number of candles you get on your cake when you have your birthday, I suppose. Um, but biological aging is a completely different thing, and it's really, really important. Um, so biological aging is the age that we are, um, as far as our body systems and even our mental uh, sort of capacity is, is concerned. Okay, so what it means is that your biological age and your chronological age can actually be very, very different numbers. So, for example, um, when we spoke previously, Sassy, what actually happened was that um, I was explaining about how I became very, very unwell. I developed the um, autoimmune illness, very severe autoimmune illness called rheumatoid arthritis. At the time, when I was at my worst, I was in a, in a hospice and I was really not expected to live. I um, was given about two weeks uh, to sort of get my affairs in order, so to speak. Um, I... I had everybody, all my friends coming in to try to help me, and I was throwing all my practitioner skills, all my complementary medical skills at the, at the problem to just to try to survive. And one of my friends came in with this biological age measurement device, and I'd never heard of anything about this before, didn't know anything about it. And I was only about 37 at the time, and it measured my biological age because I had so much inflammation going on as 55 years old. And I was mortified, as you can well imagine. Not only was I really, you know, very, very, very seriously ill, I was also like massively older than my, my chronological age was at the time. How does this device work? Ah, this was this is a slightly older device, um, but what it did was it measured your. Um, this is there's a, there are much more sophisticated ways of doing it, and I actually I've, I've got a system now that I've that I've created. Uh, but um, what actually at the time he was measuring was the uh, antioxidant was your, were your antioxidant levels in your blood and how they were performing. So it was a snapshot, and you know what we know from complementary medicine and holistic, the holistic approach is. That that, you know, we're such complex beings that you have to measure all sorts of different, um, you know, parts of the body, even functional things like balance, um, skin elasticity, uh, flexibility, 
cognitive function and, and much more to actually get a genuine, accurate picture of our biological age. But his test was near as damn it right. And, um, you know, it was, it was enough to make me sit up and go, well, A, not happy with that result, and B, obviously still working to get myself better, and C, can I do anything to reverse this? That's what I wanted to know, and it really got me interested. Um, and as luck would have it, there was the, an anti-aging, the American Anti-Aging Medicine Association Conference later that year. So that was my target. It was my target was to get myself out of the hospice and to this massive international conference. Even though I would, knew I'd still be in a wheelchair, I didn't care. I just wanted to be there because all these doctors from all over the world were talking about this biological age thing. Um, and so I just got deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And it just became an absolute fascination. And what, it, what, it, what has been discovered is that lifestyle is what really does dictate whether we age prematurely. And so we have a, a higher biological age than we might have for our chronological age. So if you've got really bad lifestyle uh, issues, you know, if you've got light, bad, you know, poor lifestyle approaches, like a really crummy diet, you're not doing any exercise, you're not really co exercising your cognitive function at all, you're not doing brain training. If you're not going out and socializing, then, you know, you really are going to you know, if you were to test your age, you would come out at a higher level than your chronological age. Um, so having said that, though, you can have a higher chronological age. So for me now, I'm 57, but my biological age is 27. Um, I got it done. I know, I know. <laughs> and, and that is despite having rheumatoid arthritis, which is supposed to age you prematurely so you know i'm i'm more than happy and so i'm walking evidence that this stuff works and i know that's anecdotal but you know we've got wonderful um there was a wonderful uh, horizon program bbc horizon program called the young ones where they took a bunch of uh, household name stars who were really famous in the 70s they put them into a 1970s immersion environment, a house that was made up to look like the 1970s. Pictures of themselves on the walls of when they were at their peak in, you know, in, back in the 1970s and so on. And these people went into the house very, very decrepit, very elderly, very sort of hunched over and so on. And after just one week, Savannah, after being in this environment, they came out they were physically taller, if you can believe that. Their balance had improved. Their body, body fat to muscle ratio had improved in just one week. Their cognitive function had improved. Their skin elasticity had improved. So they did all these really, really super easy tests, balanced, improved. Is it just because they saw themselves when they were younger and fitter and that had a mental impact or what? It's a, it's a mindset, it's a complete mindset thing. So my trick, and I think this, this is so much fun, you're going to love this. So what I do, Savannah, is I, it's, it's all about giving yourself youth cues. I, I call them youth cues. Um, cues from back when we were at our biological peak, which actually for us human beings is when we were in our teenage years. Now, when we're in our teenage years, uh, biologically, we are really, we're, we're raring to go. Our hormones are raging. You know, we're in, we're doing our big growth spurt. We're producing massive amounts of human growth hormone, which drives, um, it drives really healthy muscle to fat rate body uh, composition ratio. Um, it makes us very motivated. It makes us stride out and sort of, you know, move out from the parents and get on with our lives. It's very motivating. When we get to 20 years old, 
human growth hormone plummets because it's just not needed. You know, we've done our growth spurt. But what you can do is you can actually trick your body into producing human growth hormone again by doing an immersion, a, a youth cue thing. And here's my trick. What I do is I get my patients to listen to the music they loved when they were teenagers. Even going so far as to maybe go online and look at pictures of the, the you know, the pinups you had on your wall when you were a teenager, uh, depending, you know, whatever, you know, age you are, it'll be different for everybody. But you see what that's doing is it's saying to you, um, it, it's kind of just saying to you, look, um, this is what you were doing when you were that age. Um, it's, it's putting your mindset, it's, it's sort of rewinding your, your mindset. It's, re it's a remembrance of, of amazing times past when you were at your biological peak. And I just, I say to people, get this music, make yourself a playlist, the music you were passionate about, you really loved when you were a teenager. Look at back at, at sort of, you know, whatever magazines you were looking at, then you can get them all online. And these youth cues actually truly make a difference. Even better, if you can dance around like a demented monkey to this music as well, so much the better. Because as we know, dance is the best anti-aging exercise, age rewind exercise of all. Um, but, you know, it's it's fascinating. This whole age thing is so, so, there are so many parts to the picture. If you socialize and if you've got a group of people that you can socialize with um, online or offline in the real world and you're working towards a common goal, that can add nine up to nine years of healthy life to your lifespan. When you say work towards a common goal, right. as in? This is what I do. Um, I, I love to dance. Obviously, ex-dancer, I love to dance. So I... I don't do ballet anymore, for goodness sake, but far too old for that nonsense. But I do something called tribal fusion dance, which is like a, it's like a fusion of uh, Egyptian belly dance, classical Egyptian belly dance, uh, classical Indian dance, and um, elements of hip hop and flamenco and all sorts of, it's, it's a fusion. And it has its own dance vocabulary. It's absolutely beautiful, beautiful dance, uh, dance approach. And anyway, so I, I get together with a group of ladies. We do tons and tons of stuff to raise money for charity. So we're always learning new dances. So you've got the cognitive element of having to learn choreography. So you've got the exercise element because this is not an easy type of dance to do. You've also got the sociability. You know, we're all working together towards a common goal, having a laugh, get, making mistakes, having fun, and so on. And that is one of the most strongly anti-aging, age-rewind things that you can do. So, you know, working, that's the idea of working towards a common goal. Um, so if you've got friends that, you know, you like to do certain things that, oh, we're all going to plan a holiday, or we, oh, we're all going to plan a picnic. You know, it's those sorts of things that, that actually make the big age rewind difference. And the, re the way that we can measure a biological age is really, really interesting. Um, as I say, there are certain things that you can do, tests that you can do to get an idea of your approximate biological age. And what I did was on my website, I've actually made a, um, a, a thing that people can log into completely free of charge. It's completely confidential. I can't see their results, but they can do the tests, a skin pin pinch test, a reaction time test, a balance test, a flexibility test, and so on. They log the details in a month's time. They get another email from the system, not from me, as I say, it's all confidential, and they'll get a reminder to do their tests again, and they'll see their progress as their age rewinds itself, and they get biologically younger. But the other medical test is where you take a, a blood test and you measure telomeres. These are the little caps on the ends of our chromosomes.
And essentially what they do, uh, as, as our cells replicate and, and so on, is that they essentially, these little caps get shorter and shorter. It's a bit like as each cell replicates, as the chromosomes uh, you know, actually go through this process, um, it's a bit like taking a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy of a photocopy. As you know, it degrades each time. And this is what's happening to our DNA. It's, it's just slightly degrading every time this duplication is happening, or this replication is happening. And so it, the, the telomeres, these little caps on the ends of our chromosomes, actually get shorter with each sort of duplication. So if, wouldn't it be amazing if we could somehow get those telomeres to lengthen because telomere length equates to biological age. And so if you measure those telomeres on the ends of our chromosomes, you can get a pretty darn good idea of a person's biological age. We need to stretch these out. How are we going to stretch them out? Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. And um, in medicine, there's nothing that can be done to grow telomeres. The way telomeres grow is that our bodies produce something called telomerase. It's, it's an enzyme that, that grows telomeres. Nothing can be done in conventional medicine to make that happen. But in complementary medicine, we've got eat a whole food plant-based diet, exercise, appropriate exercise without overdoing it. So I'm not talking about running marathons unless that's really what you really truly want to do. Um, sleep, hugely important. Um, meditation, all of these grow, they, they help the production of telomerase, which grows telomeres. As soon as you start growing your telomeres, you become biologically younger. Um, there was a fascinating experiment done in mothers of very, very, very ill children. And they had a, con- a control group of mothers who had very well children and, and so on. They took the telomere, they compared the telomere length in the mothers of the well children versus the mothers of the very, very seriously ill children. And it was found that the mothers caring for very seriously ill children were on average 10 years older than the comparable group of mothers with well children. So it just goes to show that stress dramatically ages us. And you know how we look haggard when we're really stressed? That is actually evidence of biological aging. So if you're able to factor in 20 minutes of meditation a day, are we getting somewhere? Yeah, you are. Um, And I know that a lot of people will say, particularly stressed individuals will say, I can't find 20 minutes. Okay, so what we know from the research, because as you know, everything I tell you is research-based. So I'm telling you what the research says. The optimal dose is 20 minutes twice a day to get the massive impact on just being hugely stress resilient. But... If you can't find 20 minutes twice a day, and it is blooming hard to do that, especially when you've got kids running around and so on, um, you know, the, you, you, there is still, there, there's still evidence, research evidence that shows that just 12 minutes of meditation will still have a hugely beneficial impact. So if you can still find 12 minutes, it will still help you, but try to aim, try to aim for the best. And, and, and if you don't make that, but you're still kind of trying, it, it will work for you. Now, the other thing I did want to say as well, because I think this is really important, is that we spoke about sleep. Sleep is massively important. Now, um, one of the things I've, I've done and I've made for all of my patients, but it's free for everybody because I truly believe this is one of the most fundamentally important things um, is getting good sleep. So I've made something called a yoga nidra recording. Uh, 
Um, on, it's on my website, again, completely free. Just go there, download it. Um, Yoga Nidra. I'll, I'll explain it. Yeah, it, it, it's amazing. It's, it's got a many, many thousands of years history. So we know it works. And uh, what it is, it's a, it's a form of meditation, but you listen to it before going to bed. And um, it's kind of like a guided meditation, but it goes quite quickly. So most people, most of the viewers will be um, really familiar with guided meditations, which are sort of now think about uh, the top of your head and just let any stress go, release the stress, you know, just clear that area. And it goes really slowly through the whole body. Yoga Nidra doesn't do that. The, the Indians are very, you know, they're very practical. And so what they do with Yoga Nidra is it's a fast moving. We move through the body, various points in the body. Um, acknowledge that you're at the top of your head the side of the head, the other side of the head, the forehead, the back of the head, and the, the eyes, the mouth. Think about or just sense the, the where, where your mouth actually joins together. Sense your tongue, sense your throat, sense the outside of the throat, sense the inside. And it goes through the body really, really quite quickly. Um, and a lot of people go, oh, this is kind of weird. I'm not used to this sort of thing. And then the other thing that's quite interesting is you set an intention for your yoga nidra session. So it, it's always phrased a bit like with manifesting type um, uh, sentence structure, which is you always phrase it in the present as if it's already happened. And this somehow signals to the brain that, you know, we've got to set ourselves up for this to, to, to manifest. Um, so this, this it's, a, it's called a sankalpa, this intention setting. And so you set an intention as well. This yoga nidra session is going to... Um, yeah, well, that, yeah. <laughs> actually, I was thinking, Savannah, more along the lines of enable me to get a really great night's sleep and wake yeah. up feeling refreshed in the morning. But, you know, a million pounds of work as well. <laughs> but, uh, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I never say I never say never, you know, anything could happen. Uh, but you have to fill out the lottery ticket first as well in order to get oh, there. But, uh, you know, the thing is, um, Yoga Nidra is amazing. Now, the, the phrase that I always get from anybody that's used it, is, um, is Janie, it's brilliant, I love it, it's fantastic, but I have no idea how it ends, which I just think, wow, job done, because it means they've fallen asleep, you know? Um, so I would say, please, please go and download. It is really, really sweet. Would, would you give us a website link? What is the website link so that it's, our viewers can... Super, super easy, janiegoddard.com, with my funny spelling of my first name, which I think you've got on your show notes anyway. Yeah, Jane, just, just me, janiegoddard.com, yeah. I know a lot of parents are really struggling because kids are having problems sleeping, um, COVID anxiety, not seeing their friends and so on and so forth. So again, it can be used. It's very suitable for children as well. So I just want to let people know that. That's great. I have actually listened to that Yoga Nidra recording that you're talking about, and I absolutely love it. I think it's so deeply relaxing. I just don't know how it works. But the, the, the key that, that, that gets me is it says in the recording that just 20 minutes is the equivalent to two hours of deeply restorative sleep. Now, that to me is it's almost like a, a bank that I can go to, to to cash in extra sleep when I haven't had it. Because so many people, as you're, as you're talking about it, suffer from poor sleep. If if you're if you're already stressed about something else in your life, quite often you have poor sleep. So how can you get that better quality sleep? And maybe this is the answer. Yes, absolutely. Well, first of all, the yoga nidra recording can be used any time of the day. So if you need, if you're deeply stressed and you need a quick 
anti-stress, stress buster uh, break for 20 minutes, just stick it on, just just do it, you know, in the afternoon, three o'clock in the afternoon with your yeah. legs raised, <laughs> as we spoke about. Uh, but um, yeah, so uh, let, me just, let me just think about this. Um, really, I would say my top tips for sleep, um, and sleep hygiene is so important because it has been found in women who don't sleep well and are sleeping in rooms that are not, not completely dark are really much more predisposed to developing breast cancer. So I cannot underline how important good quality sleep is. So you've got to sleep in a darkened room. If you need to use an eye patch um, and, or you know, sort of a, a blackout uh, blinder thing and, and earplugs, that's what I do. Um, just do whatever you have to do. Making sure that your bedroom is cool enough at night is very, very important. Now, there's a very interesting thing about the way our bodies go into sleep patterns. If you take a hot shower at night before you go to bed, what happens is there's a reactive cooling process after you get yourself out of the shower. Your body starts to really cool quickly. If you get into bed then, it signals to your body that you're going into sleep mode. Okay, now that's that's so that's a really really useful tip, and it really works. The other thing is um, we need to think about sources of relaxing hormones. Melatonin is the sleep hormone par excellence. Um, so you, a lot of people will know that if you've got jet lag, you can take melatonin tablets, and it'll get you back to being able to go to sleep and things like that. Um, now in the UK, we can't buy melatonin over the counter, so you can get tart cherries. Um, I by mine, I, I just love to munch on dried cherries. If you have those in the evening, it, they, they are a source of melatonin. Um, other things like bananas, oats, um, uh, let me think what else, uh, bananas, oats, um, various other cereals, um, anything, you know, if you're not allergic or, or have any sensitivities to them, avoid gluten if you possibly can. It is pro-inflammatory. It's not, this isn't a sleep thing, it's just a general advice to most people, try to avoid gluten if you can. Um, and uh, yeah, those are the main, those are the main uh, substances, because what they will do is they will start to produce tryptophan, which then transforms in this beautiful cascade, this sort of uh, neurotransmitter cascade into serotonin, which again relaxes you, makes you happier, makes you just sort of get into sleep mode. And all of these are all kinds of intertwined and interrelated with good sleep hygiene. So those would be my top tips. Um, obviously, things like, you know, the, the, you know, the same, same or same old is, of course, don't drink too much before bed because you have to get up in the middle of the night to go to the loo. Um, but yeah, you know, always making sure that you're properly hydrated um, is, is always good. So just sort of give yourself an hour cutoff period before having, you know, your, your final. And I swear by, um, you know, bedtime tea, sleepy time teas, you know, that sort of thing. Um, anything that contains oats, um, uh, lemon verbena, uh, we've got uh, all various other things like um, uh, valerian, you know, if you're not allergic to it, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, they really genuinely do help. Um, so I'd say if you've got sleep problems, chuck everything you can at it. Because if you don't sleep well, you do, well, what will happen is that you start to produce elevated levels of the stress hormone cortisol. This is produced in belly fat. If you don't have good sleep, you start producing more belly fat. And I, I can attest to this. If I have bad sleep, um, you know, when my father was, was very, very, very poorly, I was 
waking up at all, to, at all hours of the night to take him to A&E. And I literally just got, I just got rotund around my middle. And it was just lack of sleep that was doing that. Um, the problem with cortisol, though, also is that it produces massive amounts of inflammation, which, as we know, underpin all of the diseases we associate with aging poorly. Um, you know, the cancers, the heart disease, the, you know, the neurological diseases, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, dementias, and so on. Um, autoimmune illnesses, um, kidney disease, even, even becoming more long-sighted. Um, it's all got a, a massive underlying component of inflammation, chronic uncontrolled inflammation. And this is all part of the poor sleep or the insomnia picture. You know, it massively impacts on obesity. It's extraordinary. And if you can get people, if you can get people who are suffering with obesity, if you can get them sleeping well, uh, it really impacts on their ability to lose weight. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Jenny, you are a wealth of knowledge. Of course, your book, Rewind the Body Clock, which was an Amazon number one bestseller and has been translated into numerous languages and is selling all around the world is so key to what people really want and need in their lives. If you were to summarize in a minute before we wrap up this show, what would be your key, your top key takeaways? Ah, uh, right. Well, my top key, key takeaway as ever really is we have so much more control over our health than we can even begin to imagine. And it's, uh, you know, I, it's always going back to that key statement, which is the choices we make today about what we're going to eat, about the exercise we're going to do, about the way we're going to live our lives, literally dictates our future health. So making good choices is key. And I know it's not easy, and I know that people do need help with this stuff, and that's what we natural healthcare complementary medical practitioners are here for. You know, I, when some people say to me, what do you do with your patients? I say, I practice lifestyle medicine. Um, and, you know, and it is a thing. It is a real thing, lifestyle medicine, by the way. Um, but uh, that's what I do because, you know, there's no one answer. There's no one magic bullet. I wish there was, but there isn't. We have, we're complex beings, us humans. And so what we have to do is we've, we've got to try to find ways of doing everything. In fact, in, in the end of my book, I've got a 21-day rewind plan. And, uh, and in fact, I've Put one. I did. Uh, I did a sort of twenty-one day uh, rewind challenge um, on my Insta for uh, April, mm. and it's still up actually. If anybody wants to go and take a look at it, and they can do it. it doesn't have to be April. They can do it anytime. They can start it anytime. But it's it's lovely because it just eases you into these changes, crowding out bad foods with good food choices and so on. And if you can do that, and I would say baby steps. Don't beat yourself up if you don't get it right. Don't beat yourself up if you fall off the wagon. You know, it took me ages to get it right you know it took me a, I was I was a full-time wheelchair user for 10 years it took me that long to figure out how to sort my health out but I got there and now I'm like ridiculously touch wood super healthy that's fantastic Jamie it is an absolute pleasure to have you back on the show I could have you on here another 10 times I think you could educate our audiences in so many different ways and really just help them to improve the quality of their life and their lifestyles. So thank you so much for being on, on Sassy Channel.